Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the family with... Wait, it's just me and... Tevin Pittman. <laughs> and Andy Brampernard. You, know, you leave Andy out of it. That's nice of I you. said and. <laughs> I said and. So how'd you do, honey? Did you get any sleep? Lots of thunder, lots of lightning, lots yeah. of dog barking at said thunder and lightning. Yeah, he did not care for the thunder he's, and lightning. He's never done that before. Usually he sleeps right through it, but that was very, really yeah, loud. Very loud. Usually, Tevin slept through it, I hear. Like a, yeah, like a baby. I don't, God, I don't wow. wake up. Get away from it. Depends on where you were, too. <laughs> yeah, downtown, not, uh, I might have stormed, but uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, Usually mm, I sleep no. right through storms. They don't this bother me at all. But really this one was mm. was one of those loud. where it's striking lightning a block from your house over and over. Right. Like, you can't <laughs> sleep through that. Nor should it's you. True. I literally no. walked in the studio this morning before the morning show and I said, I have not slept one minute. So if either you get out of line, there's going to be hell to pay. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't do well with no sleep. No, I do not. Mm-hmm. But they they did a good job. The show was good, so it they, all worked out. They were the f- afraid of you, <laughs> right? Yeah, just trembling in yeah. fear. <clears throat> yes, that's really a good job been. had by all. You horn tootin'. So what's new? Anything good? Anything I should know on the way in? Uh, what is this whole thing now? Do you know who Doctor Mer- Mercola is? Have you ever heard that of him? Sounds familiar. From where? He's sort of a. I've heard of Coca Cola. <laughs> He's been a naturopath kind of, I mean, he's a medical doctor who does the whole, you know, wellness through mm. herbs and whatever supplements. Yep. And isn't a big fan of big pharma. And he was very outspoken mm. against um, the COVID-19 shots, the vaccinations. And apparently J.P. Morgan just deleted, they said, you can't have a bank account here anymore. Yeah, it was really? Chase Bank. They uh, got rid of his bank account. Oh, I thought got, it was Chase. Got rid of yeah, whose JP, bank account? Well, Chase, I think, is JP owned by J.P. Morgan. Morgan. Chase, yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So who can't have an account? Dr. Mercola. And this isn't the first time they've done this. And what, I, what I'd like to know is, okay, so the, okay, so the United States government has bailed out these banks how many times? Right. Yeah. So our tax dollars mm-hmm. are funding banks. And then banks can just, so if banks are part of the government now, which it seems like they are because we're just giving money back and forth to each other, and it's taxpayer dollars bailing them out, how can they not have to follow the Constitution and not discriminate against somebody's opinions about a vaccine? Well, opinions aren't technically a protected class. Uh, 
free speech is. Free speech is, but that doesn't mean... Well, yeah, if they are part of the government, then they do have to honor free speech. Yeah. But if they're not, then they don't. Well, if we're bailing them out, then they are. I mean, you could argue it, yes. They've gotten many billions of dollars from the government. Yes. And even if... Like, even regardless, like, did they give a reason why? Did they, they say, hey, this is why you're... No, it was like some out? vague thing, like there was activity on your account no, that we no, didn't nor, like, so we I guess they it. can just send you a letter and say, we are no longer in, uh, yep. interested in your account. You have to come mm-hmm. in and Really? Jeez. I mean, there's definitely something suspicious going on. Somebody from Big Pharma contacted yeah, him. And said, I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess this guy has had a, an account there for, I don't know, 12, 15 years or something like that. And then all of a sudden, oh, you're saying some stuff that we don't like. Who's behind this stuff? Right. Yeah. And scientists everywhere should be ashamed of themselves because I want dissenting opinions. I want people to talk. You know, it's like, no, this stuff is crap. Why? You know, talk me into the fact that it's wonderful. Prominent scientists mm-hmm. have been quashing dissenting opinion for 3,000 years yeah, they what have, they do. Well, as the saying, it, the meme is right now, uh, I looked for the science and I couldn't find any. I looked for the money and found the science. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's, I like it's that. It's a tale as old as time. We've been hearing the exact same thing. We know this is how it is, and if you say it's not how it is, then we're going to destroy your life. Well, that's basically what they did to the um, Canadian truckers, too, right? The the government actually told the banks to shut down the yep, truckers' sure bank accounts. I just Anyone who has an account with a big, like, multinational bank, I think at this point is a fool. Well... I just don't understand how the government can try, I mean, control the citizens like that. I, it, they had a right to protest, right? No, in Canada, they don't have rights. Well, they do. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't, rights though. In Canada? They don't have a constitution I mean, like they ours. Weren't, they weren't harming anybody. They weren't killing matter. people. They weren't starting things on fire. They were just protesting. Mm-hmm. And, well, they were blocking stuff, so they were they were making people mad. But they uh, which is like the point of which the is the protest, point of protesting? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I just don't understand what is happening. It, I mean, everyday citizens. I, I just feel like we're just being put in a little box someplace mm-hmm. and don't t- don't talk to them anymore. We're just going to do whatever we want. I'm just very confused because this doctor has been a highly regarded guy. For in the naturopath world for a long time, and for them to just do that, I just if this guy's got a voice and has a big following, mm-hmm. so what can they do to any you know a normal person that doesn't even well, not to mention he's just gonna matter. go to like a credit union or something and put his money well, there. Well, credit unions, I guess, if you have like businesses, or a lot of times have over $250,000 is FDIC insured. Uh, I think they increased it recently. But I think if you're a big depositor or like a company, it's different. Once again, different <laughs> rules for you and me. Yeah, oh yeah, you got that right. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm uncomfortable with this and I don't like it at all. So he's an anti-vaxxer and they won't let him bank there anymore. He was, he's not an anti-vaxxer. Well, he not. did not like the COVID-19 vaccination. Mm-hmm. He said, this is not a good vaccine, vaccine. Mm-hmm. we shouldn't be using this. It has been rushed through. And look, it didn't work. I mean, for a lot of people, <laughs> it didn't work for me. It didn't work. It did not work for me. I, I, I took it. I took two injections and a booster and got COVID twice. I know so my brother's still still trying to uh, talk me into getting it. I'm like, not getting it. <laughs> well, at this point, COVID is 
mostly gone and it's mostly harmless, so why even yeah. bother? Well, I don't know anybody that's been vaccinated that hasn't gotten COVID anyway. That's true. Everyone's gotten it. You can't do anything about it. So, I don't know. Don't fight it. Maybe if you stay at home and just do DoorDash and never and deliver everything, maybe you never got it. But Yeah, and I, like, I don't think I ever got it. I never tested positive for it, but like got the... <laughs> but you might vaccines. have been asymptomatic. Right. And because I was definitely like out still working in industries where I was in contact with people. But yeah, yeah, I got the original vaccine and then was like, oh, you need a booster, too. And I was like, yeah, I'm good on that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we, I'm good with the booster. Oh, yeah, you, get, you two got the, uh, mm, the there, med- there, there's some talk that there was like half of it wasn't even really a vaccine. Mm-hmm. I don't, but I don't know if that's I true. I think I got Pfizer. Yeah. Because was, it was Moderna, Pfizer. And yeah. what was the third one? Or was uh, there a third one? There was I a third I think there one. was a whole bunch. Was wasn't it? there at least? There's like well, three there's main like, ones. There's like 20 of them, but most of them are in other countries. Oh. Like China's got a bunch. There's a Russian <laughs> one, a Japanese one. Okay. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Well, look who's here. Did you miss me, big ticket? Like an open sore Mrs. Carmex, man. Seriously, Doug, where have you been? I'm running flagship Ford in Baldwin, Wisconsin. The fireworks capital just 15 minutes east of the St. Croix? That's the place. Anyway, I've come up with some marketing slogans. You know, to put us on the map, read these and let me know what you think. Okay. Flagship Ford. Drive a lot, save a little. Flagship Ford. You think you hate it now? Wait till you drive it. Flagship Ford, the largest Ford dealership in Baldwin, Wisconsin. Flagship Ford, where the cows are nervous. Flagship Ford, there is no ship, but we actually do literally have a flag. Awesome, huh? Read this. It's my favorite. 
flagship Ford, white cars for... Oh, hell no, I'm not reading that. You've been day drinking again? Maybe. The point is, buying a car should be fun and make it giggle a little bit. This is a great store I'm really proud of. You can check us out at flagshipford.com or email me directly at doug at flagshipford.com. Flagshipford.com. We have Gopi Gita on the line. Magnificent Gopi Gita. Good, good morning. <laughs> well, is it still morning where you are? Yes, it is. It's 10.30 here. Well, it is 10.30, so oh, we're good to go. Same time zone. Good same time zone and everything. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing very well. I'm really excited to be talking to you. Well, we're excited to talk to you because leadership parenting empower your child's social success. We love to hear good news about our children, don't we? Yes, absolutely. Um, now, I, I just want to hand it off to you. Uh, Gopi Gita, our very special guest, what's a unique blend of uh, classic Bhakti principles, practical oh. guidance, and it, oh, well, were you surprised that I knew how to pronounce that? I was. <laughs> oh, oh, my wife was. She's like, oh, I really? Her <laughs> <laughs> Is that Catherine? That's Catherine. Hi. There she is. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So I want to hear about it. What a great idea. Leadership, parenting, empower <laughs> your child's social success. And the reason oh. I'm so interested in this, it's okay if I just call you Gopi? Yes, that's fine. Gopi's perfect. Okay, I want to. I want to make I'm sure. I'm glad you're not butchering my name. <laughs> oh, why? Who? How else? What, what do they say? Gopi. It's four letters. How hard can it be? <laughs> Gopi Gaida. That's yeah, who it we is. Think it's pretty, pretty straightforward, <laughs> huh? Mm-hmm. But what's interesting? Your, your your child's social success. It's got to be a different world now because each generation that comes along has a different view of what social success would be and what you need to do, but. So how do you offer uh, guidance and leadership in this way? You know, Tom, especially after the pandemic, um, I had been thinking about publishing this book for many years. And after the pandemic, I'm the vice principal of a private school in Dallas, and I uh, am the minister of education for an international society. I'm the North American uh, minister. We have 70, over 72 schools we guide. And just like there was a crazy influx of kids, ages 3 to 6, 9 to 12, teenagers completely uncomfortable with their friendships and their sense of belonging. All that distancing, you know, it just really made them feel distanced. And so, you know, like little little kids on the playground, there was this one little girl, she would be playing with her friends and swinging on the swings and singing together and within super attached to her friendship, let's spend all day together and evenings together, play days together, and then after three days, she suddenly is like, no one likes me. I'm not going to invite you to my birthday party. And Whoa. on the other side of it, mm-hmm. just this concern of like, where do I belong? And if they do something to me that I don't like or agree with, how is that going to, um, that just crushes, crush, crushed her. Uh, and I we found it, you know, with teenagers as well. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know the feeling. Everybody in life had this feeling at some point in, in time where you go into the cafeteria and you don't know where you're going to sit and you're just like, confused and lonely and lost and i saw so much of that so much of that after the pandemic that it was time to develop this book um it was time to put all the principles that i've been learning in my childhood and my entire life and and put out this book i wish that alex were here because i just had a uh, talk with her last night about fawn her daughter was in uh zookeeper camp with her two cousins Mm -hmm. And I guess it turned into a huge thing. 
to the point where Fawn would not go to zookeeper camp yesterday. And then the moms were all, what did she do? Oh, she did do that. Oh, did she do that? No, she didn't do that. But she said you said that she, I mean, it was just like a disaster. Yes. A complete disaster. Why does that happen? Yeah. So you relate. You relate. I totally that- relate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, these are cousins, though. This isn't just, uh, you know, school classmates. There's something about girls. I don't know. These girls, I don't know if this is a normal thing, but these girls seem to like to, like, there's three cousins, and two of them kind of like to get together and sort of hog a friend and sort of exclude another one. But it can change from week to week. And it causes so many hurt feelings. So much pain, so much unnecessary pain. Yeah. And it happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. And why does it? Now, I, I got to tell you something. I'm, I, uh, I started school in 1955. I was very young. I started school very young, as a matter of fact. But I, I'm looking back on going to school. So I, I should mention I went to Catholic school. Um, St. Joseph's in North Minneapolis and then St. Anne's later on in life. And I can honestly tell you, and this is true, there were white students, black students, uh, Hispanic students, there were boys, there were girls. We all got along wonderfully. There were never any any playground arguments or fights. The, the one that I do remember was at a baseball game. There was a fight at a baseball game once, but... Why is it that back then everyone could get along and now we have all these problems or was mine just a very unique situation, do you think? Oh, that's a really good question. I'm curious, Catherine, as to what your experience was because I do uh, tend to think guys have a little bit of a different experience than women. Oh. Yeah. Catherine, did you find this <laughs> thing in your school? Thanks, Gopi. Now she's, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't have, I, I, I rarely saw any problems in my school district either. I mean, obviously, you know, girls seem to be different. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, in my opinion, I think little girls are excessively emotional. No. <laughs> and it's harder for them to regulate their emotions. And I think that's what all this gentle parenting is all about, is trying to regulate emotions mm. and be able to name them and deal with them and all of which is great, but I think when you're in the moment of feeling excluded or somebody calls you, you know, a bean pole or whatever they call it, I was always called a bean pole because I was always really tall and skinny. And um, <laughs> I still call her that, by yeah. the way. Yeah, and then I add red hair on there. Yeah, so it was fun for me. But <laughs> but you know, my best my best friend could be my best friend at the bus stop and then ignore me and be a jerk to me in school. Really? That's just mm-hmm. yeah. That's just, yeah. I don't that's know so if that's bizarre. just a boy a boy and girl thing, or if it's, it seems I hear more girls acting like that. I had that happen a couple times, Did but you? only like once or twice. Okay. This was like a daily occurrence. Not, and, no, no. Yeah, for, you didn't know if your friend was your friend at school or, you know, at the lunch, in the lunchroom or whatever. You didn't really know. No, generally what would happen with <clears throat> me, at least, is you'd be friends with someone and then they'd meet another group of friends change their personality to match that group of friends and leave you behind. Yes. That seems to be very common as well. That's why I just floated around. I had friends in all the, all the different groups. I I was never, I was never a big group person. Yeah. 
Yeah, still I'm not. Yeah, that sounds so similar to my childhood. Like, I definitely remember being called Bugs Bunny because I had buck teeth. No. Oh. So I closed my mouth and my teeth would stick out. Oh, nice. <laughs> It's so interesting that we can laugh about it now. Right. It was, like, heartbreaking, isn't it? Oh, I know. Sure. Kids yeah, just pick on same... any difference. They're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they really are. Yeah, so we just keep thinking, like, it's so interesting after writing the book, and then I have courses and coaching for clients um, online, and we have had some amazing success. Catherine and Tom, I'm hearing your stories, and at this point in my life, I can say 100% this can be resolved where children, girls, boys who feel that internal, um, like, fear of social environments, that pain of rejection and loneliness and disconnect and even just like betrayal. You know, when you go in one day and your best friend's like hanging out with you. I had a really good friend in LA when we lived there and she was like totally hanging out with us after school. And then we'd go into school and she would look at us like she didn't even like recognize me or know me. And that I, we have solutions for. We have a real (laughs) systematic process where we develop a child's uh, core needs, three core needs described in ancient um, Vedic texts, ancient texts from Southeast Asia, and it's been phenomenal. Like, even just parents sharing how this is, like, literally, and I don't like using the word magic because it gets all, like, woo-woo, but mm-hmm. magically transforms <laughs> their kids' lives. I just got a message um, two days ago from a doctor who's a client of mine in Columbus, Ohio, and she was sending me texts of her friends, her daughter's birthday parties, and the three, the three or four close, her daughter's like 11, close friends that stayed. She had two birthday parties, and those close friends had gone to both birthday parties, and she's like, things have completely shifted. Like, she's confident. She knows what to say. She knows how to put up her boundaries. She knows how to stand up on her own. And it's really about developing a child's core needs. Once their core needs are set, then they feel confident to navigate these, like, what do you do when, you're, when your friend is acting like that? What do you say? How do you feel? And it begins with the first core need, which is the need of connection, belonging. It's called sambanda. And it, um, through different communication scripts, a child feels that they, they're seen and they really matter. Mm-hmm. And so it's similar to gentle parenting, but leadership parenting takes it a step further because in addition to... Um, socio-emotional needs, we also want to step our children into high productivity, knowing that they can do tasks, they can stay resilient and determined and find, uh, you know, goals, accomplish goals. And so we move, uh, parent, we move parents through those three, three developing those three core needs of a child. Well, this sounds amazing because I feel so badly for all these children that had to be on Zoom for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, these elementary yeah. kids, and they didn't learn anything. I mean, we have a yeah. we have a crisis in our Minneapolis public school districts where I mean, most of the kids don't know how to read or or do math. Oh, right, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, and I mean, if, if they if they if they're so far behind, so when they so now that they are in school, and they had all that isolation, yeah. I'm I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of behavioral problems going on this yeah this fall. is our next generation of the world you know like right. these, are the, these are the kids that are going to become adults you know in 10 20 years and so it's 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 scary it's the the 
psychological transition from age three to six, you go from egocentrism into empathy. And if you haven't had your core needs met, and if you're not able to step into empathy naturally, because there's so many breaks in your own um, development, in your own socio-emotional development, it can cause even further delays or disturbances when you become a teenager, and then when you become an adult, like aimless, disconnected, lonely, um, really like getting affected by knee-jerk reactions, just unhealthy and unhealthy human society. So I'm so grateful that you've had me, you're having me on this show. We need to get this word out. We need to figure out how to solve this, and we need to do this all together. Did you hear that, Tom? We have a year left with Sage. (laughs) <laughs> he's five years old and he's uh, still real egocentric oh, God. <laughs> he has no empathy whatsoever, whatsoever. oh that's not what true he's he's a he's a good kid but he's I, sure. I feel like he's a little you know still a little baby you know he's still tantrums and all that stuff yeah. it's like wow but I, I forget at five five they're still little they're still and there. then as soon as he's done with that Ethan's going to start doing it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Then his son will start We're never going to have a normal child around us. <laughs> no, give, it, give it 10, 15 years. Yeah, there yeah. you go. 15 years, everybody will oh, be, be great. I'll be very young then. That'll be really wonderful. 86 years old, you can start enjoying being a grandfather. But, Gobi, let me ask you a question. Uh, a lot of television watching, a lot of going on on the internet and all the rest of it. Our children are observing <laughs> our grown Americans battling each other to the point they hate someone because of their political leanings. I mean, like, my God. Uh, and now I remember yeah. people being ardent Democrats and ardent Republicans back in the day, some centrists and all the rest of it. But now, man, if you don't agree with me 100%, I don't want you anywhere near me. What is that all about? Crazy. It's crazy. Oh, my goodness. I'm, it's nuts. I'm so glad that you're asking this question. So the way the process works is you identify your child's three needs. The three core needs are The first one is connection, belonging. The second one is free will and agency, where a child feels completely able to do what they need to do and supported in that. Some parenting programs call it a feeling of control, but it's not a control. It's this, I'm here for a purpose, and I'm going to go get that purpose. Even if it's just as a two-year-old, I need to tie my shoelaces, and nobody's going to help me. Right. And then the third need is accomplishment and goal achieving. And once a child knows I mean something, I matter, number one. Number two, I can do it, I'm capable. And number three, I did it, I'm a successful person on my own. That's when they can now step into understanding their purpose and understanding the needs of others. When someone is defying you, debating with you, has an, has an opposite worldview, when someone has a, an argument or a, a different way of looking at things, what needs? What is their background? What needs are they trying to fulfill? Right. Let me try and figure that out first before I go all in, like, fighting with them about, you know, our differences. It takes a little bit more, like, l- less superficial type of relating with others. And so they step into collaboration instead of competition. And once a child can figure out a collab- collaborative space, that's when now they're qualified for leadership because they're able to meet the needs of anyone that they're working with, any team member they may be guiding or even just around any of their friends instead of immediately taking it as an affront on themselves. Because us humans don't have our recordings met, when we see someone with a differing opinion, we take it as an attack on us when they, actually they, it's yes. not. You know, like, yep. 
No, you're 100% right. They take yeah. it as a personal attack on them. I mean, in my life, uh, I, I have friends that are very liberal. I have friends that are very conservative. I tend to be, as I said, kind of a, a centrist. I've tried doing both. But to one side, mm -hmm. I'm very conservative. And to the other side, I'm very liberal. It's like, how did mm -hmm. you get there? <laughs> to uh, identifying and reflecting on who you are and what you like and dislike in the world, huh? I, get, I, I just, can't we all just get along, as it, it was once said, can't we all just get Isn't along? Isn't there a song like that? Yeah. <laughs> I think so, absolutely. Does it have I to start? the Beatles. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. You're, you're right about that. Does it have to start with young children? Is it, is it a junior high school Is it school too thing? late for grown-ups to learn these things? Yeah, is it too late for grown-ups? You're absolutely right. Good question. It's not too late for grown-ups. I do executive coaching as well, where I work with uh, le those leadership managers and CEOs, and it's, it's never too late. The beauty of this process is that we, we bring in a lot of mindfulness and meditation, meditative techniques, that really help you go internally to, like, who you are and what what's broken in you, what needs to be, like, kind of healed and taken care of. So self-care is a really big part of our uh, leadership parenting. So leadership parenting is parenting children to become leaders, leaders parenting kids, and parenting leaders. <laughs> I know I said a few different varieties of the word. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Parenting, <laughs> parenting, like, nurturing leaders. So, yeah. I just, it's getting to the point it's really, really, and I understand that people make a lot of money, and is this, Scopey, all based on how much money I can make by pretending to be something I really am not? In other words, if I can, you know, get you to, if I'm going to run for office and I can get you to send me a lot of money, I'm going to pretend I believe this way. So how much does money get involved in all these decisions? It's really interesting you ask that because I've never thought about that question. Um, I don't think money has, you know, of course those in leadership make money and they're more affluent, more wealthy than maybe, but anybody can be a leader, a community leader who's the one that's staying back at some community event to clean the dishes and sweep the floor and mop the floor because he sees that everybody there has been working hard. That's a leader. A leader isn't somebody who's, as a matter of fact, in the Bucky tradition, the um, those that were the highest, most respected were the ones who are Brahmins, who are poor, who don't have money, who right. reject money, who renounce money. So, if your if your motivation is external and extrinsic for like how much money I'm going to get, then you got to look internally again. It's so like why is that money satisfying me? What am I missing inside of myself that I need some external motivation, external reward? to feel confident, to feel seen, yeah. to matter. No question about that. Uh, another thing that in my lifetime, my father left the house when I was seven years old, and no reason to go into why, but he was gone for pretty much the rest of my life. But back mm -hmm. in those days, the fathers and mothers, and my mother was a very hardworking woman, so she was gone 10, 12 hours a day. Um, but the mothers and fathers in my neighborhood stepped up and kept an eye on me, Tom, and my brothers and sisters as well. Uh, Tom, how you doing? Is everything? They, they, fathers of my friends would come up and put their arm around my shoulder and go, Tommy, we're very, very fond of you, and, and I'm really glad you're a friend of our son. Uh, does that still happen? Does that happen at all anymore? Aww. I know. Isn't that it's wonderful? Beautiful. It is beautiful. Oh, that's so beautiful. You, you, felt so, you felt like you mattered, even though your dad wasn't around. I yep. mean, that must have been so painful. 
Oh, it was very, very painful. It's like you were seen by the community. But it's so interesting because I can still picture them looking at me, whether it was Mr. Laurent or it was Mr. Fisher or Mrs. Fisher or whatever. I can still see their face, their big smile saying, we're just glad you're part of our lives. I hope that still Mm -hmm. goes on for children who need that. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of good support systems. It really depends on the environment, the socioeconomic space. and Yeah. So... Where do we start? Is there is there a jumping off point? Is there a good spot for someone who's just kind of stuck in the middle and, you know, twisting in the wind, I guess is the best way to put it. Where do you start with looking forward, uh, you know, leadership, parenting, empowering your child, social success? Where do you start with it all as a parent? Well, uh, we start, there's so many places to start depending on what the actual issue is. I'd say go to gopikitika.com, but I think instead of you're asking, like, where does a mom or a dad start in order to implement the principle? Yes. Yeah. Start by seeing your child, noticing the small things with your child, communicating communicating uplifting sentences instead of reject sentences. I call them uh, reject sentences, rebuke, criticize, threaten, like lift up your child. And many parents who have had traumatic experiences their own child, in their own childhood, have difficulty with this. Like, they... They reject themselves a lot. They look in the mirror and feel they're not good enough. And so that inner monologue comes through when they speak to their kids. And the generation, I mean, I'm, you know, Asian. My parents, I was born and raised in America, but my parents were from India. And the culture, the tiger mama culture was if I don't harshly speak to my children, they will never develop that strength (laughs) and resilience. But the opposite is actually true. If you start communicating to your children words of upliftment, we call it the love boost, it doesn't even have to be praised, like, wow, good job. It's just, I see you. I noticed you brought the groceries in even though you had a long day. Simple things like that. Like just noticing small, small things that you just comment on. I see you. You matter. It suddenly changes the dynamic. We do the opposite. Like my kid was... (laughs) <laughs> my 17-year-old boy was doing the dishes one night, and it had taken him two days to get to the dishes. I was super busy. <laughs> and he came down. He finally did it. He had his headphones on, and then he went back upstairs, and I come out of my room. It's 10 p.m., and I see the dishes are done. And I'm feeling a little bit of gratitude, but I notice that there's still, like, crud in the middle of the sink. <laughs> and I notice that there's other huge suds on the... On the um, on the pots that are stacked there, he has totally lined up the stacks of pots. Like, I was really, I was like, oh, okay, good. He put his attention to it. But I noticed the suds, and I noticed the crud, and that's what we tend to do. And I yelled, because he stays upstairs. And so I was like, you die, and I yelled his name really loudly. And he came bounding down the steps, thinking that I was going to, like, show gratitude and appreciate him. <laughs> but as he's coming down the steps, what I was planning on doing was, like, why can't you do this properly was going on in my head. You took two days to do it, and now look at this, and look at this. It's not done. That's what was going on in my head. And, of course, now that I've written a book on it, my kids are always making fun of me because they're like, look, is this in your book? And I'm telling myself as he's coming down the stairs, realizing he's coming down the stairs, thinking I'm going to show some appreciation or something, because the 17-year-old is not going to be running down the stairs to see mom anytime soon. And I changed it, immediately flipped my language, and I said, oh, I noticed that you lined up all the um, the bowls and the silverware is in the right spot. You tried it and put it away. I said the opposite of what was going on in my head. That kind of practice, that mindset that 
shifting the mindset from rejection to a love boost. That's one, you know, simple strategy. There's about 19 strategies shared, but that's one simple strategy you can implement right away. And it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. It seems simple, but we're stuck on that. Like, no, they got to be better. No, I got to tell them where they went wrong. No, how are they ever going to get? And when I did that, when I, when I said what went right, he just walked wordlessly into the sink, saw that he had it emptied, you know, that little, what is it called? The thing that catches all this stuff. And, the crud uh, catcher. The <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> and dumped it, and, you know, dumped it into the trash can. I didn't have to say, you didn't do this, because I, I acknowledged what he did do. He, on his own, thought, oh, okay, well, uh, am I worth this? Let me finish the task properly. Huh. That's wonderful. Now, Andy, I want to throw some stuff to you because our son, uh, one thing about this show, Gopi, is that our friends come on this show. Catherine and I have been married for 39 years. We have a son on the show. Our daughter's not here today, but she's usually on the show. And she brings in the third generation. Andy hasn't done that because his son is now. That's why I want to turn it over to Andy for a, for a minute because he has a 20-month-old son. Andy, uh, you must have questions about the future. Well, right now, there's not a whole lot of uh, future thinking in Ethan's future. mind. <laughs> well, you're it's certain. the present. You're, like, chasing after. Yeah, yeah. 100% yeah. present but right you're, now. You're, all in. you're starting to see. I mean, as they get closer to two, and you can instill some skill sets in them. Like, yeah, you're working on potty training. You're starting to learn things, yeah. And when he pees in the potty, he runs around going, pee, pee, yes, pee, because he he's just so happy. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so but so using that positive reinforcement, you know, you're starting to learn to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, definitely. But you know, he doesn't. He's well. I don't know when he when can he start dressing himself? Not for a while. It's not too far, actually. Yeah. He pulls his pants up, but he doesn't do it very well. Right. <laughs> no, yeah. It's about as good as he's got. So, yeah, Andy, how's your experience been so far with a 20-month-old? Are you getting rest? Are you guys, uh, how have you been? Yeah, he's mostly fine. I mean, he's got a ton of energy when he's awake, but he naps pretty well. He sleeps pretty well. And, he, and he's getting to the point okay. where he can kind of uh, entertain himself a lot. He'll just yeah. kind of, like, you know, run around from toy to toy doing whatever and not being quite as destructive as he was yeah. when he just started walking. Mm-hmm. He's learning to, like, you know, yeah. don't tip over the dog water or you know, <laughs> don't shake lamps, that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, I love that. I have the image of, like, you know, a tablecloth on a dining table and a bunch of uh, dishes and my uh, oh. 12-month-old just pulling the whole thing down. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, we would never have a tablecloth with him in the house. <laughs> <laughs> or anything on a table. <laughs> We couldn't have a tablecloth. Forget it. Yeah, I remember removing coffee tables and everything. It was just like, no, we just can't have anything until they're older. Just a padded cell for four years. Yeah, otherwise all you're doing is saying, stop, no, God. That is true. It's not worth it. It's a grass hut would have been a better place to raise children. That is honestly (laughs) true. (laughs) Are our educational systems, our, our schools in America now, teaching the right things to children because... You see a lot of people arguing over school curriculum now and what they're uh. talking about and what they're not talking about. They've been doing that forever, though. Yeah. Creationism was yeah. a big thing when I was a kid. That's should we right. should we allow creationism in schools? And there was a huge battle over that. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's a hard question they're asking me because I'm um, the vice principal of a school, but mm-hmm. <laughs> the school that we have is the school we have is an alternative school. We really focus on like what's absolutely needed and the pressures on kids these days. The more I spend time with parents and children and teachers and leaders, the more I'm absolutely convinced that our education education system needs a complete rehaul. Mm, I we think need so to too. figure out what matters yep. to be an adult, to be a human being. Yep. Like when you're 25 years old and trying to figure out your next job or your relationship, are you going to remember those like pages of math facts you had to memorize yep. or the SAT test? Like what really matters for humans and we're not yes, so that's my answer to that. Mm-hmm. Well, you were you worked within the Montessori system, right? Is that yes, I read I that? A, yes. I, I yes. just uh, I sent our kids to uh, a Montessori school for f- several years, and Andy just did great there. He just loved the what Montessori is, system. Which one? That was step by step. Well, was, that was when I was. Uh, real, I was yeah, like you went to like kindergarten yeah. and maybe even first grade. No, there. first grade was Rogers <laughs> Elementary. Okay, so you went to kindergarten there, and I just remember because it's more hands-on. It's not just yep. you know looking at a board mm-hmm. or whatever. You actually got to touch the Pentagon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and and make pictures and I do all this stuff. I remember liking step yeah. by step. Absolutely, you mm-hmm. ha- you had such a great time, and then as soon as you went into the public school system, it was just like it was not good. No, I got all <laughs> angry. <laughs> Yeah, was not good. <laughs> well, I also I just, I really I just, I don't know why. I disagree with this new thing with all, the, I mean, a teacher can be an activist if they want to. I totally understand that. It's their life, their right, whatever. But when you're taking somebody in school that is going to be a teacher, just an activism is their first goal, mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem fair to the children. Because you don't know what that kid's background is, and you, you might be causing that kid a lot of stress because they're going to go home and parrot everything this activist w- says, whatever it is. Right. And it might really disenfranchise the child from their own family, and it just does not seem fair that that is a goal of some teachers. I am totally against that. I just don't think it's right. That's a really good point. You're worried about the impact it would make on a kid who doesn't, who hasn't had these conversations discussed mm-hmm. at home, or whose parents like you know feel opposite. Yeah, and we've been seeing um, studies at least, like I said, in many in Minnesota schools, the more activism that is in the classroom the worse the test scores are yeah of course because yep. it's mm-hmm. you only have a finite amount of time per day to learn and a finite amount of energy namely to learn yeah and it's and i mean test scores aren't everything but i just There's if you're something. constantly usually activists are angry people that is very <laughs> yeah. true right you know and i just don't think that that is a good vibe to be bringing into a classroom either well there's also a even when I was a kid, there was a lot of like they would introduce things that are way too complex for children to understand. We'd, we'd be talking about like slavery and the Trail of Tears when I was like eight years old. Yeah. And it's like I can't really comprehend what you're even saying. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like why, mm-hmm. you know, wait until I'm old enough to that form does, opinions about it. That does seem almost like a junior high kind of. Yeah, absolutely. But they want to get these things in like right away. I don't really know why. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's history, but yeah, an eight-year-old. Well, but eight-year-olds don't care about history. 
You can tell them about this the founding fathers and true. everything. This they is, don't care. This is like, very oh, 1776, who cares? This is very true. <laughs> They're still struggling with their mm-hmm. reading skills. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is true. Gopi, we, we only have one minute left with you, but I, I just want to point out how lucky I am that I can work with my wife, our son, our daughter, our grandchildren come in once in a while. We, I, I could not be happier with my family. I'm a very, very lucky guy. But there are some people that don't like the fact that our family gets along so well, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> it's like, whatever. Oh, it's such a joy to talk to you and to see like the synchronicity between you all, to hear your other shows. And I'm so glad to be on your show. Let's uh, ask all your audience to go ahead and Check out Leadership Parenting at gopigita.com. In a month or so, it's going to be Mm leadershipparenting.com. So that's exciting. And if anyone's struggling with their child having social issues, academic issues, confidence problems, like just like we've got the solutions. And they're they're rooted in real ancient texts and are really powerful. So I'm Mm -hmm. really excited to be here. Thank you. Well, please come back soon. Leadership, parenting, empower your child's social success. I love talking to you because it was not this, well, you're wrong about that, you're wrong about that. We talked, uh, you know, there are five people talking here, one on the phone and, and four in the studio. No arguments broke out. Nobody, oh, you're wrong. They're, if people listen and calm down, we can all come together. We'll be fine, right? Co- yes, collaboration is so much more powerful than competition. No doubt about it. Thank you so much for your time, and please do come back soon. All right. Thank you, Tom. Have a good day. Bye. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Well, look who's here. Did you miss me, big ticket? Like an open sore Mrs. Carmex, man. Seriously, Doug, where have you been? I'm running flagship Ford in Baldwin, Wisconsin. The fireworks capital just 15 minutes east of the St. Croix? That's the place. Anyway, I've come up with some marketing slogans. You know, to put us on the map, read these and let me know what you think. Okay. Flagship Ford, drive a lot, save a little. Flagship Ford, you think you hate it now? Wait till you drive it. Flagship Ford, the largest Ford dealership in Baldwin, Wisconsin. Flagship Ford, where the cows are nervous. Flagship Ford, there is no ship, but we actually do literally have a flag. Awesome, huh? Read this. It's my favorite. Flagship Ford, white cars for... Oh, hell no, I'm not reading that. You've been day drinking again? Maybe. The point is, buying a car should be fun and make you giggle a little bit. This is a great store I'm really proud of. You can check us out at FlagshipFord.com or email me directly at Doug at FlagshipFord.com. FlagshipFord.com. 
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. What a sweet person. I loved her. Mm-hmm. I? I? Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> I did not. I love that idea of trying to get kids to learn to work together rather than I mean I know competition is healthy in some areas mm-hmm. yeah for sure and some people I think are just I really do believe born more competitive Absolutely. than others yes I really do it, you're it's born like that, that way really well what well, what, what so. was that there's an really? there was that experiment that everybody talks about where every you know the teacher gave all the kids the exact amount of marbles mm-hmm. and by the end of the day some kid had almost all the marbles some kids have lost their marbles some Whoa, kids had <laughs> you know had given away their marbles i mean they all had a different approach to this and they weren't even told what to do with them it's just that was just mm-hmm. a natural thing. Some are more giving, some are more hoarding, yeah. some are just mm-hmm. that's their inclination. Now it could be that that was where they were at that age, and maybe they're not going to turn into that. But right. it just shows that you have a group of people. Everybody's going to view everything differently. Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up. I played soccer. I did karate. But you I were played, never competitive. I played lots of video games, and gamers are like stereotyped as you know they always want to be winning. They always want to be the best. But I've never been like that. No. Despite all of the various competitive things I've been a part of, I just never really got that competitive spirit. I know. I always was like that too. I I just I wanted to do the best I can, and I'm happy if somebody mm-hmm. else is just amazingly fabulous at something. It's like great, you yeah. know. It's fun and, to watch somebody who's a better golfer or whatever than me, right? right. I'm, I'm not like I hate their guts because they're better than me. That's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, and I was like the opposite. Like I didn't like hate somebody because they were great, but I was like being in sports and stuff like that. I was always like I need to be. But it would motivate you. Right. It motivated and, you. And, yeah, and like it didn't matter if even if it was like playing like a board game with the family. Like I'd have to be like, mm-hmm. okay, I have to turn this part of my brain off because yeah. I don't need to destroy my little cousin. And it right. monopoly and right. just crushes soul. Right. You want to be the very best? <laughs> and crush no one ever will. <laughs> like, I well, need to I, turn it off. Yeah, and it, it, I don't think that what she's saying is that we can't be competitive, but there's healthy competition. Mm-hmm. And then there's the kind what's like, I got to crush everybody, yeah, exactly. you know? Well, it's like these. So for the first probably 16 years of my life, I always played every game on easy. Because I was just like, I want to have fun. I don't really care about, you know, how difficult it is or challenging myself or whatever. Right. I just right. want to, like, you know, mindlessly turn off my brain for a little bit right these days i play almost everything on the hardest difficulty because Because it's more challenging it's more challenged so i do like to be challenged but it's not so much a competitive thing it's like you know how good can i be at this yeah not am i in the top you know hundred thousand whatever of people doing this right i don't know it's just i i I do think that's an innate thing yeah I, i just think that you're probably more competitive like Alex has this problem in her family. Her husband is very competitive, mm-hmm. and he's got a twin, okay. so they're competitive. Yep. And it can turn into something not so pleasant sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I don't know if it's ingrained as in, like, genetic, 
But I think it is like the way you grew up, especially if you have yeah. multiple siblings, yeah. mm-hmm. siblings of the same gender, especially really seems to instill that spirit. In My people. sister, God rest her soul. She was very competitive <laughs> with me and go. I wasn't in, and I wasn't in the competition. I wasn't even in the competition. Yeah, it doesn't matter I'm like, if you're not in it. We're, still, we're in yep. a competition. You're still I didn't losing. know. Yeah, it's, it's still, it's like, you know, are they prettier than me? Are they stronger than me? Are yeah, they smarter than me? And that bothers a lot of people. And I had grandchildren and she didn't. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I, that's not, I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't prevent you from having grandchildren, right? Yeah, but you were also the younger sister, so you were the usurper. That's true. You got all the attention when Ooh, she true. used to have all the attention. Yeah, she that was the true. only girl. Yep, yeah, exactly. That's so that's true. another part of it. And twins are also, it's like, you know, it's my twin. I have to, you know, right. I have to at least meet expectations to a degree, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's all very complicated, isn't it? Yes, humans are complicated. Well, I mean, even animals are complicated a lot of the times. Dogs have this exact same problem. Look at Cassie. He lost his eye and he became all like, you know, I'm the toughest kid on the block. (laughs) That's true. It was a defensive defensive mechanism because if I don't act tough, they're going to see me as weak because I'm missing an eye. That's true. So even very simple creatures have pretty complex things going on. Well, a lot of that, you know, the... Fighting all the time. That is our lizard brain. Absolutely, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's We're, nothing in anybody, like your right mind, that would be like, I need to fight this person because of whatever it is they did. Right. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, like you're saying, the lizard brain. And the lizard brain on. turns on and they just, it just takes over. Well, that's more the ape brain, I think. Uh, lizard brain just wants to eat and sleep. Oh. Ooh, the ape brain. Let's talk ape brain. Mm-hmm. I must I have been it. a lizard in a past life. Just want to hate <laughs> well, a little sunshine. Everyone's got plenty <laughs> of sunbathe. <laughs> <Yeah>. over. <laughs> little puddle of water. I'm good. <laughs> Think about it. A little piece of all of our ancestors are in there going back millions mm-hmm. of years. That's true. Yep. All right. I got to ask a question here to change the subject if you believe this is true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because some of the reports I got today is supposed to get up near 100 <laughs> today. Others say it's only going to get up to about 94. Oh, well, that's such a huge difference. <laughs> oh, only 94. <laughs> it's going to feel so different. Changes I need to bring my jacket. <laughs> Um, this is a story from Phoenix. This is on the National Wire. This is not something that somebody just threw together. Probably 125 degrees there, right? <clears throat> Probably. Yeah, uh, July. Uh. The, the heat wave in Phoenix has not let up, and yesterday they recorded their 25th straight day of temperatures, hitting at least a buck ten. Yeah. Oh, I, don't think, I don't think that's uncommon No, in Phoenix, there, it's it? always been like that. I yeah. looked it up, and like the average temperature over the past hundred years in summer is like a hundred something. It yeah. is. Absolutely yeah, it is. But, but they don't bring that up. I remember reading that and I was like, how do people live like that? It's Especially a dry. Can and you people imagine? used to live yes, there before air always <laughs> exactly. But people lived there before air conditioning. That's Which what I not. I don't understand that at all. And then you've got England Remember every summer you'd hear, like, there's a heat wave. It's 80 degrees, and all the old people are dying. (laughs) Yeah, because they don't have air conditioning. But then people are living in Phoenix at 110 degrees. I just, like, I I just think if you're not used to it, you know. Yeah, England doesn't get terribly hot terribly often. They'll have, like, a week-long heat wave once a year. Right. And then go back to being 60 degrees and cloudy. Yeah, and from what I understand, friends of mine that have moved to climates like that, they're like, the first three years is rough. Mm -hmm. And you're like, why did I do this? And after Mm -hmm. three years, you're like, it's not that hot outside. Uh, You develop a crust. I'm like that now, actually. It It doesn't ever feel that hot to me. No, now that we don't mm. aren't in 
winter all well, year round. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you don't have to get yeah. that dramatic swing back to negative whatever. Yeah, that is true. Well, let me just throw the rest of the story at you and see if you believe this is true. But again, uh, 25th straight of temperature, a straight day of uh, Phoenix hitting 110 degrees. According to the Weather Channel, that streak is expected to end with a cool down to 101 degrees by early next week <laughs> before shooting back up to a buck eight. Well, like I said, are you really going to notice between 102 and 110? Probably I mean, not. I don't think so. Think so. Oh. But here's the problem. So how hot is it? It's so hot in Arizona that doctors are seeing a spike of patients who've been burned because they fell on the ground. I don't doubt it. Ugh. I was outside. The, I was really? outside yesterday. I we got some chalk for Ethan, and he was you know oh, drawing chalk. Chalk. And he walks outside, and he starts going hot, hot, <laughs> because his feet were burning. <laughs> hot. And I, uh, I had to. He like threw a toy on the uh, blacktop. I had to go out and get it. And if I had stood there for more than five seconds, I bet I would have started getting burned. Uh, yeah. And that was at ninety-five degrees, not one hundred fifty or whatever that you said. Well, here you go. Burn centers are becoming a uh, out about one third of the patients are people who fell on the ground and it's serious there are burn patients in the icu just because they fell down uh blacktop at 100 degrees Woo. reaches 160 degrees oh, oh. Well, there it goes. Oh, well, there's your there you I remember when my brother was uh, stationed in texas he wrote us letters that's how old i am <laughs> and he said he had to carry oven mitts around with him to get in, in and out car? of his car. Yep. Well, I bet, like, the seatbelt buckle is 100%. Stuff. Everything. Yeah. Anything I metal. You don't touch anything metal. And that's why they put those things, you know, in their windshields. Yeah, the sunshades or whatever. Because you used yep. to see them just blister. The yep. whole dashboard would just be blistered down in. I've been burned by a seatbelt before. Yeah. When it's, yeah. It gets to 100 and sunny in Minnesota every yeah. so often. And, yeah, absolutely. What you were just saying, Andy, uh, asphalt in Phoenix has been, oh my God. They tested the temperature. Uh, with 110 degree air temperature, the asphalt was 170 degrees. Yeah, I, mean, I remember like, seeing they, they, fry, they were frying eggs all the time oh, yeah. in the summertime yeah, on the pavement yeah, and doing all this that. stuff. Yeah, because it just is so bloody hot. And here you throw a glass up in the glass of air, uh, glass of air, glass of water. And it freezes up or and it just yeah. turns into. Instant ice if it's yeah. cold enough. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. But my God, a buck seventy. I do remember being in Death Valley when we went out to visit my brother Terry. I was, I think, seven or eight years old, something like that. And I got out with not, I didn't have any shoes on. Mm. I stepped on the asphalt in Death Valley. Oh. Holy God, was that? Well, here's a good example of how Woo. 170 degrees, 140 <laughs> degree water will burn you in three seconds. Oh! oh. Uh. <clears throat> So, oh. yeah, add 30 more degrees to that. Yeah, it's, you step on it, instant burn. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. That's that. Then it's like, why do people live there? Yeah, Can't. seriously, why? Yeah, that's You just true. remember to wear shoes it's, and don't right. touch anything metal. And, well, yeah, <laughs> and don't like, fall down. Do like not those, fall down. It's like those communities is very popular where they, like, stay inside all day, and then at night everybody's out yep. and about. Like, when I, I have family that lives in Louisiana, and for the first mm-hmm. time I went down there, like nobody was out during the day, no. and then at yeah. night I was like, "Is there some party going on?" They're like, "No, we're just happy enough that it's cold enough yeah. where we can be outside." My parents lived in Phoenix for they moved full time uh, down there, and they my mom would be up at five o'clock in the morning watering the flowers and doing everything she had to do by nine, and then they'd go in. Yeah, yep. 
And it, but it doesn't really cool down there either. No, it's not and like Minnesota. It can be Minnesota two o'clock in the morning and it doesn't get. Yeah, it's much like maybe cooler. a fifteen degree swing. Uh, it's not like here where it's thirty degrees when no. it gets. Tonight. It doesn't. It really doesn't cool down there. It's just. I mean, it's the desert, people. <laughs> it is the desert, but being out of the sun, I'm. I'm sure helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's like deserts, like you know, the Sahara Desert, get freezing cold during the night, because as soon as the sun sets, the sand releases all the heat. It doesn't hold heat. In the winter time, that happens in our in our Sonoran Desert area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so not, I mean, not in, in the desert summer. climates, once the sun goes down, it can actually get pretty cold. Yeah. Depending. If it's if it's a rocky area, that doesn't really happen, which Phoenix, I think, is all rock. But sandy areas don't hold heat. Right, no. right. Yeah, because it, it, uh, that whole Sonoran Desert, the high plains and all that stuff, it gets to be around 100 degrees in mm-hmm. Denver and Boise and all that stuff in the summertime. It's, it's desert. Well, to close on that particular subject, clothing with built-in fans getting more popular. <laughs> They have built-in fans in clothes? I remember seeing that a couple times when I was a kid. Yeah, they'd they'd have basically a computer cooling fan. Really? You could plug in and put a battery in there, and it would do do what a fan does. There's a new one that looks like headphones, so you don't look so dorky, and it's got (laughs) battery operated, so it looks like you're wearing headphones around your neck. Oh, oh yeah, and okay. and all those. I mean, you've all seen those cooling towels. You yeah, know, I don't yeah. know what they're made out of, but yeah, you like keep turning. Yeah, yeah, you keep turning them and yeah. have them on your necks. I mean, people use them down south all the time. I remember when I was a kid, we'd go to Disney World, and the thing was, it was like a spray bottle with a fan on. Oh, it. Oh yeah, still yep. see those. Yep. They sell them at the State Fair yep. right yeah. here too. Yeah, they'll Disney's. hang around your neck and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. no. exactly. talk about dorky. Yeah. <laughs> It's very negative, I think. But very effective. Do what the Japanese do. They have these little cooling pads that they put on their foreheads. Cooling yeah, do, pad? Right? Yep. yep. It's like a it's a wet pad, like a cloth thing. You put it around your forehead. How does, you cool. it, how does it not just warm up after five well, minutes? Well, it does. You have to change it. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's like it's a, evaporative cooling is the oh, idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I remember being in, like, football practices and stuff after Corey Stringer passed away with the Vikings. Yeah. And, yeah, they would. it was constantly giving you, like, towels and mm-hmm. whatever else to try to keep you cool. And it's like they dry up in two minutes anyway, but... Oh, and but there's nothing nicer than two minutes. Great. An icy towel on a hot day. Yep. That's a great thing. It is. Okay, i got to run this by you. I ran it by the morning show. So all three of you, um, is this the worst mashup ever? They now have, <clears throat> and even saying this makes me want to, like, vomit a little bit. Um, worst mashup ever, mustard-flavored Skittles. Mm. I mean, I just feel like it would be like chewing mustard. Well, like I've had very sweet, sweet mustardy mustard. barbecue sauces before. Yeah, they have sweet mustard. So That's a thing. I don't care for that. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think like I would su- love it, but yeah. I, I can sort of see some people maybe I don't like it. sweet mustard myself. Yeah, but I'm not a big sweet mustard person. I think there are definitely worst, worst things. Yeah. I think I would try it just to see. see. Just to see. Just one. Well, I think it, the worst one, oh, what did I have? I had some... One of those like novelty sodas. It's like you know Pepsi mm-hmm. with some weird crap in it. <laughs> like two well, months ago, nice. and it was one of the worst things I had ever tasted. Oh, and that I poured mango. it out. Is it the mango one that you didn't like? No. Or which one is it? If Melissa's listening, she might remember. Um, oh, what was it? There was oh, several. Peeps. Peeps, Peeps Pepsi. Pepsi soda. 
Yep. Oh. No, no, I'm out. See, I just don't. I, I love marshmallows, hate peeps. I, I, I don't really like peeps. Like peeps. No. peeps are, like, they're, I don't understand who's keeping them in business where they're still. I know people who like peeps. Like, no judgment. You can like peeps if you yeah. want. When but I was yuck. a kid, I loved them. I don't like them. They're just pure sugar. It's just. just it, well, literally so just sugar isn't marshmallow pure sugar too and for mm-hmm. some reason I, I could eat a bag of marshmallows marshmallows are less well it's like it's a mar, it's a marshmallow that's encrusted in more sugar basically. yeah it's just so too, it gets too, it's too sweet but the peeps pepsi didn't even taste like pepsi nor did it taste like peeps mm. it was like i don't know that sounds terrible it was like if you took a scoop of dirt and put a bunch of sugar in it mm. Yeah, I, I poured it out. Most of these novelty sodas, no matter how gross they are, I'll drink because it's like a, I paid three dollars for this. <laughs> but the yeah. Peeps Pepsi, I could not. Oh, Ugh, it was so bad. Uh, I don't know how much got knocked out with these overnight storms we've been talking about because I got zero sleep. Catherine got very little sleep. Andy didn't sleep at all. Devin, of course, oh, I didn't even like notice baby. it. Oh, wow, Big baby, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, overnight storms knocked out a ton of power across the Twin Cities. Oh, so. I believe it. We yeah. lost power for like three seconds. Oh, yeah, I guess. I didn't notice it, but we did. Uh, we did not that I knew of. Nothing was blinking or any of that kind no. of stuff, like you said. And it just, but yeah, that the, the noise of the thunder and the flash of lightning was as it, it was intense, intense as I've ever remembered it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to tell you about we can get through. We can get by. I guess. I just hope it doesn't. It's not supposed to. Let me. Let me check the. Uh, the <laughs> I thought it was supposed here. to rain a little bit this morning, but then clear up for the rest of the day. Clear, 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 on my app. Yep. Mine says eighty percent chance of precipitation again at eleven. Oh, more storms tonight. More storms tonight. July just twenty fifth. Oh, no, it's severe. This is a day behind. Why does it... Yeah, because you don't get storms <laughs> tonight. I don't have any problems. Oh, yeah, no, I got nothing. <clears throat> and now they're saying it's only supposed to get up to 93 today, not 100. No, that's good. It's 94 tomorrow. Bad. That's then it's supposed to be like 102 or something tomorrow, but it's only going to up to... I mean, only 94. Right, only. I feel like I remember... 100 degrees not being that uncommon when I was a kid. Like yeah, once a summer, right. once or twice right. a summer, I think it yeah. happened. Seems like July we always had a hot spell, mm-hmm. as they say. Jim right. uh, says that he hasn't had to turn the heat on in his hot tub in two weeks. <laughs> oh my God. So, okay. Well, maybe, I wonder if Jim lives in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he lives in Phoenix. He's living down there in Phoenix. We have one minute left. Any uh, closing comments? Uh, Due to the wildfires from Canada, Minneapolis is like the ninth most populated or polluted city I in the world. It. Lovely. It's been terrible. Yeah. Yesterday we went out tough. golfing, and I could actually like it. I, I felt like I could taste the smoke. It was so yeah, thick. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. It's been bad. I wonder how many asthma cases we're going to have. Right. Yeah. No, I live like in between Target Field and the U.S. Bank Stadium. And when I look at both of them because of the air quality, like it's all hazy. You can barely see. Yeah. When we were driving up uh, Highway 100, up from like 55, got Mm -hmm. on 100 there, looked downtown, couldn't hardly see the buildings. You couldn't hardly see the buildings. That is true. Unbelievable. All right. Well, that's going to do it. But we will talk to you again tomorrow with the family.